This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Raw Reaction Show joining you today after Arsenal have beaten AC Milan 2-1 in the final match of the Dubai Super Cup uh, for us. Of course, there is still one more game to be played between Milan and Liverpool. However, because Arsenal managed to pick up maximum points, it means that no one can chase them and therefore they won the Dubai Super Cup, uh, which of course is something that... uh, will go down in the annals of Arsenal history. I think that we can all agree. Um, a brilliant achievement, of course, and another trophy in the cabinet. They'll never sing that. Uh, it's probably the right terminology. Anyway, really good performance overall. Uh, very happy with a lot of what went down. Um, it was a much bigger challenge than what we faced against Leon. Um, but we're going to go into all of that and more very shortly. Good morning to everybody joining us live in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, everybody, that's joining us on Catch Up as well. Kaiser, good morning to you, to Ollie, to Blackshine, to Matt G, Anthony, Christopher J, Temi, uh, NSW, Harvey, Karadi. Uh, good morning to Martin and Josh and Rich and Harvey and Harrison. Hope you've had a great week so far. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting forwards uh, with what is coming ahead. Uh, that is Juventus on Saturday and then the Premier League's return on the 26th on Boxing Day. We do have Carabao Cup action that Arsenal aren't involved in, which should whet our appetite somewhat until then. You've got Man City, Liverpool and some other big games as well to get your teeth sunk into. But Arsenal, very, very close to getting back underway. And to be fair, seeing Arsenal play in the red and white yesterday was a... A nostalgic trip, which has only been four or five weeks in the making, you know, without Arsenal playing uh, competitively. Uh, we played our friendly, of course, against Leon last week, but it's still still need more. We need more. Uh, and uh, it's really been a bit of a, it's just something missing in my life when Arsenal aren't playing. And, uh, and that's really, is trying to be fueled by these fixtures, but it's very, very tough indeed to see that happening. Anyway, uh, do drop a like and subscribe if you're new. But Arsenal's 2-1 win over uh, AC Milan was a successful uh, challenge completed. Uh, I think the AC Milan, as I mentioned at the start of the show, really did provide that extra little bit of bite and fight 
that we have needed uh, from some of these games. Leon did not offer us really anything to kind of go off of. Only when we brought on our young players did they kind of turn it up a little bit because I think they were concerned that a team of under-21s would also manage to pull through a win and they didn't even concede either. And Arteta made significantly less changes for this game as well in the second half when bringing on some more senior players off the bench and, of course, when bringing on a few of the kids towards the end of the game as well. But a very good victory, uh, one which I think we can say that the style of play is certainly becoming a way of life for Arsenal. The way in which you play, whether you're in the starting team, whether you're a substitute, whether you're a rotational fringe player, no matter what team is playing, we want to ostensibly play the same type of game. And that is going to be really key for us throughout the course of the two-thirds of the season that still remain and the Europa League campaign because we're going to have to rotate. We're going to have to change some players with FA Cup games, Premier League games, Europa League games to come. We are going to have to make changes if we're going to want to compete on three fronts uh, between now and the end of the season. And having a team that knows exactly the style that Arteta wants and knowing how to implement that is a sign of a team that is buying in and has already bought into what the philosophy of the manager and the club is, even if you aren't getting too many minutes. Ben White and Partey both returned to action. Of course, they're the first players who did go to Qatar as part of World Cup squads to make their return to the team. It is expected that Granit Xhaka, Martinelli and Takahiro Tomiyasu will also return to training this week and could be involved in the game against Juventus on Saturday. Mikel Arteta was asked after the game about whether or not Bakaya Saka would make it. He is in Dubai now, however, it might come too soon to see him play against Juventus. He might get a couple of minutes towards the end or part of the second half. We'll have to wait and see, but... It might come too soon for him, who is expected to be back in training uh, in a few days' time, which I'd be surprised, you know, if he was then risked. But who knows? Stranger things have happened. Uh, Odegaard's, in quote marks, two goals uh, from the game. Now, the reason why they're in quote marks is, of course, because Reese Nelson's shot did actually hit Odegaard on the way through to deflect past Tatarasu, um, uh, Tatarasanu, Tatarasaru, Tatarasanu. I think is the goalkeeper's name. I need to double check that. Hold on. I'm going to get it. I've got it in front of me. It is Tata Rusanu. That's it. It's a, t- it's a tricky one. Trying that, saying that 10 times when you're drunk. Um, but yes, Reese Nelson's shot deflecting off Erdegaard, taking it past the goalkeeper. Um, it is Erdegaard's goal. You know, in any other game, it would go down as Erdegaard's goal because it's a friendly. I think they've just given it to Reese Nelson. Um, and I've not got too much of an issue with that. It's a friendly, you know. But Odegaard's been challenged to score more goals. And if this was a Premier League game, he would absolutely be wanted to claim it. This would have taken him up to eight goals for the season if it was a uh, if it was a, a competitive fixture. So he would have wanted to claim it. But the actual build-up to this goal was really, really good. It's the way in which Fabio Vieira kind of dro- drove into the opposition box. I know that there was a mistake at the back which led to us turning over possession. But, um, but the way in which we moved the ball forwards, Vieira timing of his pass to Nelson and his strike... Of course, coming off Erdegaard means it's his goal technically um, because, it you know, there's no way that the goalkeeper was not deceived by the deflection that came off of Erdegaard. But uh, Nelson getting to those positions, taking those chances when they fall to him was great. Erdegaard, of course, getting his free kick. I mean, how brilliantly technically gifted was the strike of his left boot? I mean, he was pretty close to the box. And when you have a free kick so close to the box... It's difficult to get the ball up and over. But it wasn't like it just went underneath the crossbar. His free kick got up and over and down and nearly hit the the, the goal line. It was that low when it finally went over. 
Really fantastic technique. And I think we can agree that Odegaard's free kicks hopefully can be a bit of an asset for us in the second two-thirds of the season. Zinchenko was in attendance for the game. He is still recovering from some muscle tightness that has kept him out of many of the fixtures uh, so far that we've played. It probably will still keep him out of the game against Juventus. There's an understanding on my end that he's hopeful of being back for the game against West Ham United on Boxing Day. Uh, he'll fight to try and be involved in that game at the weekend. But him being in attendance is obviously still a good sign. Um, and it isn't the calf injury that's kept him out. It's kind of this muscle tightness that he is uh, suffering with at the moment that hopefully will relax and he'll be able to play because you don't want to irritate uh, a muscle tightness and cause us more serious injury. Uh, and lastly, Mikel Arteta, I think we can all agree, will be very happy uh, with uh, what went down. There was a number of things that he discussed in the press conference. He talked about Thomas Partey returning. He said he played a lot of the World Cup and obviously he was disappointed at the way that he had to leave. But it happens to every nation when they go out and it takes a few days to reset and start to focus on the team. The good thing is that we have everyone has been showing that they are desperate to get back and they want to be as ready as quickly as possible. And it was great to have those two back, including Ben White playing some minutes as well. Uh, in terms of, uh, there was a really interesting story, I don't know if you saw this, but the Morocco manager, Walid Regragu, uh, who uh, attended a tactical seminar of Arteta's last year, of course, is seeing great success with Morocco at the World Cup. And he was asked about that. And Arteta said the impact he's having, he's a total credit to them. What he is doing is amazing and what he is transmitting is great. And that's a really positive thing of the world football to have an African team at the stage. They're one of the four very select teams in this World Cup. And now three, of course, after Argentina dominated and destroyed Croatia to go through to the World Cup final. Uh, talking about uh, transfers and if anyone at the World Cup has caught his eye, which is the question I really enjoyed him being asked. He says there are a few, a few national teams as well. A lot of things they are doing are very interesting and it shows where the game is going, where it is evolving. But as for the players, I'll keep that to myself. He was also asked about how active Arsenal would be. And he says, we're looking and we are active in the possibilities. If we can find the players that will strengthen the team, we will try. A classic answer from Arteta. Now, we did talk about Ben White and actually responded to some of the questions about the stories that have been circulating about Ben White. And we actually discussed that in yesterday's recorded Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast. Uh, if you want to be able to tune in for that, it's going to be going out around midday today. Uh, myself, Sophie and Dr. Raj uh, had a good chat about uh, both, you know, the stories around Ben White and what impacts that might have on his mentality and what we feel about Ben White as a player. Uh, the importance of winning the friendlies as well. And lastly, kind of looking at the transfers of potentially Mikhailo Mudrik and Joao Felix, how they compare and what would fit into the Arsenal team better. Our, our special fitness section at the end of the show was talking a bit how, because if you've been living here down south in the UK, it's been pretty snowy. Uh, and because of that, people have not been able to get outside and do their usual exercise and stuff like that. So we talked to Dr. Raj about his recommendations for what you can do inside uh, whilst it is not the most nice place outside to do your cardio exercises. So make sure you do tune into the Eat Sleep Repeat, uh, Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast, which will be coming out at midday UK time today. Uh, it'll be available on YouTube and, of course, audio platforms as well, our weekly podcast that comes out every single week. Anyway, we're going to move to part two and your questions right after this. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat box and see what comments we've got going. Akbar says, I'd let Saka rest. He has played brilliantly for England and can immediately get up and running for West Ham United. Wouldn't risk him, says Akmal in this game. Marcus says, surely it was Reese Nelson's goal. If it was a defender, it would not be an own goal. I agree with you, but that's not how it works. You know, a goal is scored by whoever it touches last of that team that is taking the shot. So, unfortunately, because Nelson's shot hit Erdegaard, it is Odegaard's goal. Um, it went down as Reese Nelson's, according to all of the according to the Arsenal website and according to Google as well. But there is no doubt that it touched Odegaard. Like there is absolutely no doubt that it hit it hit the midfielder. So in reality, if it was a dubious goal decision being taken, um, it would be down to Odegaard. But you know, if, if Nelson wants to take it, I have not too much issue with that. Uh, Balaj says Vieira was brilliant yesterday. Slowly and surely, I can see he's getting integrated well. And this is the preseason that he needed. It was always going to be so key for Fabio Vieira to integrate himself into the team during this December period. He didn't have the preseason because of his foot injury. So making sure he had this during uh, the midseason was going to be absolutely pivotal. Uh, Paul says Eddie was lively and kept being fouled. He's looking a decent understudy for Jesus. I'm actually interested in going into a little bit of the comparison between his performance in the last two games and how that compares to how Jesus usually plays because he is starting to stand out as someone that's dropping in more. Uh, of course, Jesus did that all the time and wanted to link up play and Eddie is starting to use that. He also looks more physical to me. I don't know about you, but he looks a little bit more stocky. He looks like he's been using this time off over the World Cup to you know build up some muscle and he looks more developed um, as a human being. And I think that is going to help him. He, of course, won the free kick that led to Arsenal's opening goal. And I thought his performance was good, despite the fact that he didn't score. You know, I actually put him in my out of the winners and losers section. I put him in the losers section, not because of his performance, but because I know he will feel a bit like a loser having not scored. And that's a mentality that I think we want in a player. We want them to be disappointed when they don't score so they can be more motivated in the next game to try and get their goal. Um, Temi says, the Audi Cup or the Dubai Super Cup? It's not even a contest, man. The Dubai Super Cup has got Liverpool, Milan, Lyon. You know, these are Champions League winning teams. You can't talk about the fact that, what even is the Audi Cup? (laughs) What even is it? Um, Josie says, as a Moroccan Arsenal fan for 20 plus years, I've been on on cloud nine since August with Arsenal staying top of the league every match week. Uh, But now witnessing my country make history, really tops what a time uh josie i hope you're having a fantastic world cup and i hope you're enjoying it because it's uh 
it's a pleasure to watch and see Morocco progress as far as they are is, is fantastic. So best of luck today. I hope you knock out France. I do have Argentina in the sweepstakes, so uh, <laughs> I do kind of want them to win the whole thing. But uh, if it's not them, I'd much rather it was you. Uh, Balaji says the referee yesterday was called Mohamed Salah. Uh, the guy is so fit for the Premier League. So many dodgy calls. Uh, I didn't know it was called Mohamed Salah. Um, I, yeah, I, I can't say that the officiating in this World Cup has been the best. Some games have been all right. I think Michael Oliver actually done himself uh, a world of good, actually. I think he's been one of the better officials. But goodness me. I mean, the referee in the England-France game was dreadful. The referee in yesterday's game really did uh, not really cover himself in too much glory. But uh, I still think Argentina were deserved winners in that game. I don't. I think you'd have to argue pretty hard to try and argue that Argentina didn't deserve to win that game. Um, hi, mate, says YouTube user, uh, whose no name uh, when it comes up with YouTube user means they've got no name in the chat box for some reason. Uh, do you think there is a midfield target identified that nobody knows about? Uh, from Derek. Oh, Derek tells us his name. Why don't you call your, your YouTube name Derek? That would be much easier than YouTube user. Uh, but Derek, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if there is a midfield target that we don't know about. There's been several that have been linked. Of course, Danilo doesn't seem to be a player that we're looking at. Tielemans certainly does. Uh, Ibrahim Abamba, of course, playing in Portugal. Uh, I'm trying to think of any others that we've really been linked to. But beyond that, not really. So... Maybe there's one that we've not heard about yet. Of course, but as soon as we see those links crop up, we'll wait and see if we can discuss them in any greater detail and, and learn more about them. But right now, we don't really know. Uh, Mark says, uh, by the way, I really think Arsenal can loan Felix if they want. Felix's situation is similar to Aubameyang's a year ago with his wages so high that Atletico might consider what the player wants first. They might, but the difference is, of course, that we let Aubameyang go for nothing uh, and we terminate his contract and then still had to pay part of those wages that's not going to happen here we might be able to get a loan if there's an obligation to buy a clause in the contract that's the only way that i can see that deal happening but i'd be surprised if we managed to get Joao felix done this winter and says any news on tierney at one point during the game it looked like all three of our left backs would be out injured uh he i uh, there's not been any kind of update as to him being injured. Um, Tommy Asu, of course, is not injured at all. Uh, he's coming back and fully fit, as we're told. He started the game uh, against, uh, who was it? Was it Brazil? No, it wasn't Brazil, was it? Who did Japan lose to? Uh, I can't, was it Croatia? I think it might have been Croatia. Um, and he was he played the full 120 minutes, I think, of that game. So he's fine. Um, but... Tini, I don't think, was injured, as far as I'm aware, unless I missed that. But I don't think he was injured in the game. So, no, uh, I don't think there's a problem there. Brian says, the major difference between them is the turn of pace just after receiving the ball. Jesus has mastered it, and it is difficult to get that ball off him. Eddie is working on that, clearly. Yeah, it's certainly, I think, he, you know, the little touch around the corner, he was trying to do that on a number of occasions. And that will improve the more he tries it and the more he develops and improves and plays. He's only going to improve by playing and he's going to get that opportunity now, indeed. Uh, Anza says, it is just sad that some Arsenal fans still don't see how much Eddie has improved. He, has, he was still getting dragged by Arsenal fans. Um, but uh, on Twitter, of course, I feel they didn't watch the game, really. I didn't personally see any criticism of Eddie's performance. If it was, it certainly is exaggerated and certainly doesn't come from an objective and grounded place. I thought his performance was good uh, and actually him kind of integrating into the team in terms of his collaborative play, the passing, the movement, especially the first 20 minutes, I thought was fantastic. He needs to go. 
you know, he needs to score. And if he doesn't score, there's going to be eyeballs on him, that's for sure. But And I didn't mean that to Ryan at all, but it did. <laughs> but yeah, I think that with Eddie and Ketia, he just needs to get a goal or two. And that's hopefully going to quieten down his critics. Uh, Marcus says, the Audi Cup is the biggest trophy in the world football. Bigger than the World Cup and the Champions League. Well, that's what Spurs say. Uh, Alan says, how's Sambi and Vieira these two games for you? Can they replicate it with top teams? How's their positioning on and off the ball? What's your view? I think that Sambi Lukonga has shown improvement and shown that that number eight role that he's covered for Xhaka whilst he's been away certainly is the better role for him compared to the number six position. His progressive passing has been decent, but he has still given the ball away on occasions. I still struggle to see Sambi Lukonga having a long-term future at the club. And, and that's based on a lot of factors, but mainly because I think that he isn't ultimately of a level or I don't necessarily see him becoming of a level that will compete with Jacker compete even with Partey into a lesser extent in another position that he's supposedly can play, but I struggle to really see it on a long term. And on Vieira, I think Vieira is coming round. I think Vieira is actually someone who's using this mid-season break as a real opportunity to grasp, to integrate, to assimilate, to better familiarise himself with the team. He's still playing out of position, of course. He's playing on that right-hand side. He's not playing where Odegaard would typically, or is playing. That's where his best position is. I really do think that Fabio Vieira can have a future at this club. And I think it's going to be asset for the team in the coming seasons. And it's important that we got that signing done. Because if anything does happen to Martin Odegaard, we needed to make sure that we had another creative figure in the team. And we've got that in Fabio Vieira. Uh, let's move forward to some more comments. Uh, let's go to you. Uh, Saksham says, did you hear about the Ambani interest by Arsenal? Their net worth is around 100 Billion. I did uh, see these stories. I'm very doubtful that anything will happen. The Cronkies have got no interest in selling Arsenal at all. Uh, they have no interest whatsoever in, in in allowing anyone to come in and buy them, whether they're a hundred billion worth or a billion billion worth. I just can't see them selling the club. It's too valuable to them. They're too integrated into it, and uh, yeah, I don't think they have any interest in in selling. Uh, so even if there's plenty of people out there that might be able to afford Arsenal. I just don't see them selling unless someone comes in and pays, you know, upwards of like four or five times what they feel it's worth. Because uh, it's you have to ask the question: if you're a billionaire, what's another two, three billion to you? You know, what what's that worth to you really? Um, and if they're in, if they're integrated and they're passionate, which I believe Josh Conkey specifically to be about Arsenal, they have no need to sell, uh, no need to sell the club at all. Uh, Lekonga, uh, sorry, Balaj says Lakonga has a mixed game, loses possession and pressed really easily. But then, you know, his, his positives of his passing, his progression on the ball was still really, really good. Uh, Akmal says Eddie needs to work on his first touch, especially when running back and facing his goal. The ball bounces off him too many times, but he does well to get in those positions like Jesus did. Jesus's dribbling is probably the best in the side, to be honest. Um, you know, so it's Eddie's going to have to work on that. And to compare him to, to Jesus, he's always going to come up short, but he does need to improve on things. Uh, Martin says the referee last night wasn't as dreadful as some of the others. Uh, Oliver was by far the best of the quarterfinal referees. And the female referee, referee one of the group games, did a good job as well. Um, Brian says Sambi needs to do more and be brave. He is a good ball carrier, but he is holding back. Pace is quite slow and a loan to Serie A might fit him. Fuad says, I really hate to be negative, but I just don't see Lukonga and Holding staying until the same uh, end of the season, especially if we want to get the next level. Still think we can get a good price for them. I think they'll stay until the end of the season. I don't think that they will be here for next season, is my prediction. I think they might move on. 
Um, let's go to scrolling down a little bit more. Alan says, who stands out for you in these two games? I think Vieira is the obvious one. Uh, I think Vieira has stood out in both games. I do think Nketiah has stood out for me as well. And obviously, Odegaard's performances have been good. From a defensive standpoint, I think defensively, we've just been fine. You know, we've not had to really do too much. I know we conceded from a corner, but we've not really been challenged. Gabriel's been fine. Holding's been fine. Ben White was fine when he was in there. Tini's been good, got forward a bit more, which I want to see more of. I want to see him be more attacking. I think he's been a bit reserved. Maybe that's because of the way he's being asked to play, but I want to see him get forward more. Um, and Sosa's stood out for me as well when he came off the bench as well in the two games. You know, he's done what he can do as a 17-year-old. He impressed me. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a number of players that have stood out um, and we're going to hopefully see more opportunity for players on Saturday when we play against Juventus. Um, Shua says, since the Conkeys took full ownership around 2018, I think they've been great for us. And it's going to be difficult for everybody, of course, Stuart, to come on board with this idea because there's been many, many years of poor running of the club. That said, they didn't have full ownership until 2018. And there is a strong argument to say, why do you invest your time and your effort into something that you're not full owners of? Some people aren't going to be able to accept that. And I understand that. And that's fine. But from 2018, I don't have, besides the Super League, any real issues with the way in which the club has been run. I think we've improved things significantly. I think the club's been allowed under Arteta and Edu to make some really good decisions, which has seen us progress and put ourselves in the equation of title challenges for this season. I think we've spent plenty of money that they've invested into the club and we're looking at improving a squad that needed to be overhauled and we've done that. It would take a very, very salty person, I think, to still say they want the Cronkies out because at this point in time, I don't think there's an argument to suggest that they should leave at all. And I think what we've done in these past four years plus is really a good thing uh, and actually seen us move in the right direction. Uh, Marcus says, will Austin Trusty save us money on a left-footed centre-back? Link uh, to him in the next loan show. Yes, of course. Uh, we covered him in the last loan show and he's really impressing at Birmingham. And we will, of course, be doing another loan report once we get to the end of January. There hasn't been too many games in December, so we're going to be doing more of a loan show, a loan report uh, towards the mid to end of January. Um, but he's doing well. The thing is, is that we seem linked quite heavily with this Evan Indica, uh, Frankfurt. And if we get him on a free, that does block the pathway for Austin Trusty. I'd imagine that we might sell him if that's the case. We bought him in for around three-ish million quid, I think. If we can then sell him on for 10, you've trebled your money, you know. And if we can get Indica in on a free transfer, you've managed to get his replacement for nothing. So if that's the choice, that's certainly the route I would go down, bring in Indica for free and sell both Holding and uh, and Austin Trusty. I think that's the best route forwards for Arsenal to get in some good money and replace them with a player that's of really good quality for no transfer fee at all. Uh, yeah, sorry, the commentators do call in Ketia Nikita, um, who I thought was someone on Married at First Sight rather than playing for Arsenal, but uh, <laughs> unbelievable, really. Uh, Bizarre says, uh, do you think we will ever get rid of Nicolas Pepe? Uh, maybe one day when his contract comes to an end. I don't know what's going to happen with him in the, sum in the summer. Of course, uh, Nice, I think, may have an option on that loan that they've got, but whether they're activated, I don't know. Um, I don't think we'll get much more than 10 million quid for Nicolas Pepe, although he is scoring a few more goals and did have a better month last month. We talked about that in our last loan report. So if you haven't watched our latest uh, coverage of all of our loan moves, all 32 of them, please make sure you do go give that a watch as we cover Pepe in a little bit of extra detail with Ben from the Marseille View. Uh, Brian says, Odegaard has been sharp and Vieira is good inside forward. Lino Sosa 
needs a good loan to the Premier League, perhaps in Brighton or a championship team, he looks really good for his age. I think a championship move makes the most sense. You see Brook Norton Cuffey obviously playing for Rotherham, Patino playing for Blackpool. I think the championship's a good place to start for him. And then you gradually move up. But maybe with his Portuguese kind of link that he has, that he could go there and start playing a bit in Portugal to get that profile of his higher up. Uh, we'll have to see if that has an impact on him. Uh, Gabenga says, well, uh, with the rate teams have been bought, uh, staying competitive will require more money than the Cronkies are currently spending. Selling Arsenal might be a good option for them in the future. Uh, really? I mean, in terms of the amount we've spent, we're in line with the biggest spenders. Um, so it obviously is going to require more money to be spent summer upon summer upon summer. But we do need to improve on becoming that self-sustainable beast that we used to be you know, being able to not only just make a profit, um, but use that money to improve the team. We've been making loss upon loss upon loss because we keep investing and spending money on players. That needs to improve. So I disagree. I don't think that the Cronkies are going to be looking to invest even more money than they are at the current rate that we are. Because I think that what we've spent is about what we would need to continue to spend to upgrade the way that we need to upgrade. If you look at the team right now, we're looking at added competitive options to us. And in January, that's going to be, you know, your Mudricks and hopefully a midfielder. And then you look to the summer and you then you're really struggling as to who you're going to kind of bring in a striker, a centre-back on a free like Indica is not going to cost us anything either. Maybe we're looking at the right-back position, maybe another forward, maybe. Um, but really, I don't see us spending loads and loads and loads of money. I don't see us breaking our transfer record of 150 million-ish in a season. Uh, I don't see that happening again. So I don't think we necessarily would need to. We've got a young squad full of players that are going to continue to develop. We're not going to have to spend loads and loads of money on loads of players. Um, I really don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and I don't think it necessarily needs to happen. I think you need to be smart. It's not how much you spend. It's what you spend it on. It's as simple as that. And that's the way in which Arsenal should approach it. And if your measure of a club's ambition is on how much they spend, I'm not sure that's always the right way and the right measure of, of looking at a team. You should be looking at the ambition upon how smart they are, upon the type of players they're signing, and how clever they are with the money that they spend. It's not about how much you spend. As I say, it's about what you spend it on. And that's what shows ambition, not the amount of money. Because not in a forest by the definition of how much they're spending, look ambitious. But they're still, you know, sitting in the bottom three of the table and look like they still might go back down. It's not ambition. It's about being clever and smart with what you do. That's what's important. Uh, basically, says Tom, size doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, mate. Um, let's go to um, Anton, says Man City spent $1.7 over 10 years. Will the Cronkies keep up that kind of thing? I, I very much doubt it. I very much doubt it. We've spent over a billion, you know, on transfer fees in that same amount of time, I think. So we're still showing a significant investment in trying to bring in players uh, and terminate contracts, which unfortunately has had to happen because of the poor recruitment of the past. You know, we've spent big money on players like Mustafi, like Lacazette, you know, players that did not return on the investment that we spent on them. We've put big wages into Urzu, into Mkhitaryan, you know, other players that have not delivered for us. So we need to make sure that we are in Pepe, you know, is obviously another example. We've put a lot of money into players that have not returned on their investment. Now, White returning on his investment. Odegaard returning on his investment. Uh, Gabriel Jesus returning on his investment. Tommy Asu, Ramsdale, um, Gabriel, Thomas Partey. These are all players that we've invested in. You wouldn't say that we've overpaid. You know, I don't even look at Ben White anymore as someone that we've overpaid for. I think that he has been brilliant for us. 
he has been worthy of that £50 million price tag. And I think he's put in performances that reflect that and continues to do so. And his, his versatility has been a real asset to us. And that's why we sit where we are in the table. It is about how we spend, not what we spend it on. We need to get this, you know, really drummed into our heads. It's not about the amount you're spending. Uh, Viraj says, hey, Tom, what's the best way to tell your wife that you're busy watching Laguna Talk and can't talk right now? Missed the whole show because she called me. <laughs> Viraj, the missus has to come first, I'm afraid, mate. Uh, that's just the way that it goes. You need to answer the phone call, see what she wants. You can pause this. You can't pause the misses. That's how this works, I'm afraid. Anyway, I think that's a good life lesson to end the show on. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. As I say, a little bit later on today, midday UK time, you'll be getting episode two of the Eat, Sleep, Arsenal repeat podcast with myself, Sophie, and Dr. Raj. So do indeed make sure you look out for that. Uh, really looking forward to showing you. Um, <laughs> really looking forward to showing you what we talked about and what we discussed. And, uh, and then, of course, I'll be back tomorrow morning to give you more updates on the Arsenal transfer situation. All of the links for the last 48 hours will be talked about. And, of course, we'll be looking ahead to the Juventus game, which I am fingers crossed, depending on travel, because, as you know, there's a lot of train strikes going on at the moment, will be in attendance for on Saturday uh, and the Boxing Day game as well. So looking forward to getting back to the Emirates, looking forward to getting there and mixing in and talking to some of the players, hopefully, after the game and uh, reporting on things from there too. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It's a genuine pleasure, as it always is, to sit down and speak with you and answer your questions. As always, drop a like, subscribe if you're new, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.